the Knowledge from the Couch podcast. It's fun. It's interesting. It's weird. It's whatever you want it to be. Thanks for listening. What's up, guys? It's episode number. What are we on? Episode number five, talking about the uh, the Dalai Lama and the Panchen Lama as well. Today, we're gonna we're gonna talk about those guys and, and sort of their symbiotic relationship and how uh, just recently we may see the very last Dalai Lama. It's gonna be a, a maybe a little bit shorter show than we usually do. We'll just kind of delve into. Uh, who the Dalai Lama is, what he does, um, his counterpart. Uh, we'll probably talk a little bit about about Buddhism, a little bit about Tibet, a little bit about China, and then we are gonna we'll call it quits. This is gonna be a this could be a quick and easy one. I think it's gonna be fun. So guys, what's up? How's it going? You know, I I always try to think about you know what kind of what kind of stuff do I want to talk about on the top of these shows? You know, it's 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 one of those things where I could make it I could make it super chill. And just literally say, okay, this is the episode. And then just go straight into it. But I feel like it's more fun to to talk about, you know, stuff that's going on. Have it just a little bit of a, little bit of a sort of a conversation, you know, about, about what's happening. So, you know, just, just off the top of my head, I was thinking like, well, I should, I should talk about, you know, the, 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 the stuff I use to record this podcast. If anybody's even halfway curious about that kind of stupid shit, but Right now, it's a pretty ramshackle operation. Uh, I record the podcast in the computer room of my wife and I's apartment. Um, I use a Blue Yeti microphone because I'm super duper basic. Uh, the Blue Yeti mic, if you don't know, is like one of the most popular uh, recording microphones out there. It is a condenser mic with uh, three input heads, one uh, in the front and then in a Y shape uh, towards the back as well. It can record in multiple modes, but I use cardioid mode, which records sort of in a cardioid pattern. If you don't know what a cardioid pattern is, um, I didn't either because I fucking hated geometry in school, but it is a geometric thing. So if you're curious what a cardioid pattern is, you can go ahead and uh, hit up Wikipedia and check that bitch out. Otherwise, I use the... uh, the blue microphone to record the sultry tones you're listening to now. I've got a little pop filter on the top of this bad boy to hopefully take away a lot of the the hard B's and P's from everything. I got a pair of monster, what am I saying, beats. Oh, my God. You know, I was thinking about how overpriced electronic things and uh, monster cords are one of those things and beats headphones are the other things. I'm using a pair of beats headphones, not because... I felt the need to buy, you know, a pair of Beats headphones to do this fucking podcast. I I got a pair of Beats headphones for my wife for an occasion. I I believe it was a birthday. 
but it might have been Christmas too. Sometimes after you've been with somebody for a long time, you you sort of forget why or when. Mostly the whens. Usually you can remember the whys, but I almost always forget. You know, as things meld together, the whens. You know, is it an anniversary gift? Is it a Christmas gift? Was it a birthday gift? You know, and when those things are far enough apart in the year, you know, you just kind of go, I don't remember what the occasion was when I wanted to get this, but we had uh, the pair of them sitting around, and when she's not using them, uh, I like to plug them right in the old Blue Yeti, and then I get to experience um, me hearing myself talk before I hear myself talk when I'm editing, and it's it's such a weird thing, like I used to absolutely hate the sound of my own voice, and actually I, I kind of still do, but over time, when you listen to yourself do this bullshit enough, you just sort of you sort of get used to it. Hopefully, you guys are feeling the same way. You know, episode one, you're probably like, "Oh my fucking god, why does this guy sound like this?" And then hopefully now in episode five, you're like, "Yeah, you know, I can, I can, I can get by. I can get behind it now." So it's just kind of a weird, a weird situation. But I got the Beats headphones on. I'm I'm listening to myself talk. I use uh, Audacity free open source software to record this bitch so we're not spending any money there we're just recording and editing in audacity i know a lot of people who have higher higher level podcast action or voiceover work or whatever they're doing they're usually using like adobe audition or reaver or you know any of those other pay or pay service you know audio sort of things and those are great um they're all better than Audacity, obviously, because, you know, they're paid for. But Audacity is pretty great. If you are thinking about, you know, starting your own podcast or doing some voiceover stuff or just screwing around with audio, Audacity is really great. It's super chill. It's really, really easy to learn. You can make yourself sound like a slightly above average amateur podcast like this one is. So it's it's a fantastic thing to strive for, and you can do it with this software. So I think that's enough rambling. I just wanted to kind of let everybody uh, behind the scenes, so to speak, into the whole the whole ordeal of why and how I record the damn thing. But that's that's enough of that. Let's not that. Let's talk about real quick the Dalai Lama. Let's first, super quick, talk about uh, Buddhism. Now, the Dalai Lama would be sort of, you could probably see him like a, uh, kind of like the the Pope or something like that. Maybe not quite like that with Buddhism, but something really similar if you need a, uh, a comparative uh, a thing for that. 
the Dalai Lama is a very, very important figure in Buddhism. But what is Buddhism? Now, Buddhism started about somewhere between the 6th and 4th century uh, BC in India. Now, if you are somebody who does study Buddhism, you'll find that there are a lot of really similar pieces in Buddhism that are a lot like Hinduism. Buddhism and Hinduism both have this sort of idea about reincarnation. Now, the difference between both of those is going to be where the the Hindu concept is actually a lot more like people would think of in terms of a, uh, a permanent soul moving from one entity to another. You can sort of think of it as like a candle being lit and then that candle lighting another candle and then the previous candle being put out. So the flame is the same. The flame comes from the same source. It's just a different candle. Now, you can think of Hinduism as that sort of reincarnation, whereas Buddhism doesn't really, for the most part, believe in the permanence of a soul. It more believes in the uh, the permanence of, of, of a broader concept, like suffering. That's basically the huge thing with Buddhism, is that the human is trying to get away from this cycle of suffering, the cycle of having these needs, having these wants, having these this pain and the suffering, and eventually as you go down the, the path of the Four Noble Truths, you eventually reach uh, a concept that we're all familiar with, at least word-wise, called Nirvana, which then finally frees that human from their role in, in that sort of constant cycle of suffering and death and suffering and death. And uh, Tibetan Buddhism, which would be the, the, the form that we're going to find our dude, the Dalai Lama, in, is very similar uh, in this regard. It's actually not exactly the same, but we can literally do an entire podcast with multiple episodes about Buddhism, and I definitely don't want to go there. That's just too difficult. That's not my not my background of study, so that would just be a, a mess of anything. But basically, that leads us into... You know, so you have this foundation of what Buddhism is, um, and I mentioned Tibet, and Tibet is going to be the the hotbed of of what we're talking about. Tibet is the western portion of China. Uh, a lot of people, especially younger people these days, don't really remember that Tibet was anything but just sort of a region. Tibet actually used to be its own separate country from China. China would be the, the eastern portion. Uh, Tibet makes up about a third to a quarter-ish, kind of in that region of China. Um, and it was very forcefully taken by the, the newest Chinese regime. If you see pictures of people lighting themselves on fire and sitting in front of tanks, uh, self-immolation, that is a lot of Tibetan Buddhist monks doing that kind of crazy shit to themselves because of their their insane sort of I don't even want to call it hatred of Chinese rule, more just that sort of protest. Like, like you think kneeling at a football game is bad? How about just sitting there and lighting your fucking self on fire? Holy shit, that's insane. It's just, well, I I hate this shit so bad that I'm just going to fucking uh, douse myself in gas and light myself on fire and just sit here while everybody watches me fucking die. It's, it's pretty nuts. And uh, uh, Tibet is uh, where a lot of this sort of thing comes from because Tibet is is the source of this sort of separate Buddhism, this Tibetan Buddhism led by the Dalai Lama and Panchen Lama. And these are fairly, you know, sort of peaceful mountain people. 
you know, Tibet's a real high up area. If you're searching for Mount Everest, it is the bo- is on the border in the Himalayas between Nepal and what you would say is China, but it's actually, you know, it's Tibet. So you have this th- these peaceful sort of pseudo-Chinese kind of Mongol-influenced people living in these highlands in western, you know, the western area of China these days that are practicing their own sort of Buddhism. And in the very late 1300s, the, the idea of this sort of spiritual leader pops up in, in Buddhism, and the first Dalai Lama is, is sort of created. Now, the first Dalai Lama wasn't actually named the Dalai Lama when he was alive and practicing. He was, it was done posthumously, but eventually it led to our current Dalai Lama and the cycle uh, in between. We're currently on the 14th Dalai Lama, and it's hilarious when you think about it because you look at the guy, and he's all over the place. He's actually one of the most well-known world figures out there. If you saw a picture of him, you would say, oh, yeah, that's the Dalai Lama. Even if you don't know anything about the guy, you would look at him and say, yep, Dalai Lama, that dude. He was born in the 30s, I think 1935, 33, one of those, and he is the most modern of them. You can go follow him on Twitter if you want to, at Dalai Lama. He's on there. And he is he's this this spectacularly outspoken, really just super sharp kind of guy. But he was noted insane fairly recently that he might be the very last Dalai Lama. And you go, geez, fourteen Dalai Lamas, that's you know, that however many generations that's gonna be. Uh turns out it's about seven hundred, eight hundred years just about of of this this constant sort of religious type of leader in Tibetan Buddhism and all of a sudden you know that thing is just going to go be extinct how how can that be especially if you believe in this sort of this sort of reincarnation of the the spiritual leader of the Dalai Lama over and over again who's going to continue to help you know guide other people you know out of the suffering and death and suffering and death how, why would he all of a sudden just disappear that's a good question and it has to do partially with who we've mentioned before the Panchen Lama, uh, uh, another portion of Buddhist uh, uh, spiritual leaders. The uh, the Panchen Lama and the Dalai Lama's respective roles in in their religion is, is a really another subject for another time. But suffice it to say, overall, basically the way it goes is the Dalai Lama will go and find the Panchen Lama as a child, and then that Panchen Lama will eventually grow up grow into their role as that Panchen Lama, and then they will help find the next Dalai Lama, sort of this um, this back-and-forth brotherly thing where, you know, one finds one as a child, and then the other finds the other one as a child, and back-and-forth and back-and-forth, back and forth, basically, to sort of, of show the seesaw of, of reincarnation. The current Dalai Lama is the 14th. He was found by the 9th Panchen Lama, and as part of his duties... In the mid-90s, this Dalai Lama, the 14th, found and nominated this this child in China as the 11th Panchen Lama. And uh, as you would see, that person should grow up to become, you know, the, the, the Panchen Lama, the 11th Panchen Lama, fully grown. And he would eventually, at some point, find the um, 15th Dalai Lama, the successor to the guy who is there right now. 
There is a little bit of a problem, though, with this particular scenario. Now, we were talking before about Chinese interference in Tibetan affairs. Now, since China has taken over Tibet by force and sort of integrated itself into its own country, ring any bells, United States, that happens sometimes. You take land from people who live there who don't want to be a part of it. They become a part of it. It's a whole deal. China feels very strongly uh, about Tibetan resistance. You know, you can't really talk about Tibet or mention Tibet or any of that sort of thing around China, kind of the same way that you don't talk about Taiwan, uh, even though Taiwan basically calls itself China and that the other mainland China is not China. It's a whole thing. Um, you don't talk about Tibet to the Chinese either. It's it's just something that you don't do. And they feel, the Chinese, they feel that if this 14th Dalai Lama is continued to allow, is, is continued uh, to to do what he's going to do if he's going to be allowed to pick these people and then this guy picks this guy and so on and so forth that they're kind of allowing too much uh, Tibetan influence and they're just sort of afraid of that because they know you know when we're talking about people lighting themselves on fucking fire in front of tanks that the Tibetan people aren't really huge fans of Chinese influence and China wants to do its own thing in terms of trying to control that influence. And this leads us to the big controversy of the 11th Panchen Lama. Now, the 14th, he's an older guy now, um, and obviously he's not going to live forever as as no one does. He's probably still got another, you know, 15, 10, 15, 20 even years left in his lifetime. But he's obviously not going to live that much longer. So, you know, in the, the mid-90s, which would be nearly you know, 20 years ago now, he chose... Who the Panchen Lama would be? Well, the Chinese really weren't fans of this for the reasons that we just stated. You know, the Chinese really had this this thing where they not only didn't want people to talk about Tibet or be about Tibet or whatever, they also wanted to have leaders implanted in those areas that would be very pro pro Chinese. So, since 1959, the Dalai Lama, the 14th, the current one, the, the living one has been living actually in India. He doesn't live in Tibet anymore because he had to escape because he was named a criminal uh, by the Chinese government and was a wanted man. So he hasn't even lived in his own namesake country since he was probably 20 years old or so. And he's in his 80s now. I think he's 81 years old now. So he has been a figure in, in exile this entire time. But that doesn't mean he still wasn't doing you know, what he was doing as part of his responsibilities as the Dalai Lama, as a spiritual leader. Now, like we were saying before, there there's a search committee every time one of these Lamas die, whether it's the Dalai Lama or the Panchen Lama. When the Dalai Lama passes away, then the current Panchen Lama and a search committee will, will go about searching for children who they think are going to be the reincarnations of the Dalai Lama. And then eventually, you know, they go through a whole process where they pick a bunch of them, probably 20 or 30, and then they pick the one that they feel is the next Dalai Lama. And then when the Panchen Lama passes away, the current Dalai Lama does the same sort of thing. He and a search committee go around and find children and say, okay, here's a bunch of people. Uh, we think it's this guy. And this is what they did when the 10th Panchen Lama died in the 80s. They went around, went around. You know, there's the regular uh, uh, search committees that are formed to go find these guys. 
and then they find everybody, they get them all together, and then the Dalai Lama is part of, you know, the narrowing down process, and then he goes ahead and names this child. Now, I'm really going to try, really going to try not to butcher this kid's name, but he names Gadun Choki uh, Niyama, oh fuck, that was so bad, <laughs> as the 11th Panchen Lama. Now, he did it in uh, 1995. So this kid was only six years old. This kid was only just a little kid, just adorable. If you search him on Google, uh, you'll see this this cute little Chinese kid is, you know, who the, the Dalai Lama has picked as his, uh, as a Panchen Lama, excuse me, the Panchen Lama's successor. And literally, immediately, the Chinese government is fucking furious because him, the, the Chinese government and the Dalai Lama just do not fucking get along. They never will. They never have. It, it's just not going to happen. The Dalai Lama has spoken many, 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 many times on record about how much he fucking hates the Chinese government, and they are very much in the same boat uh, as an attitude towards him, so much so that they basically are going to sabotage this this sort of process that's been going on for hundreds of years now. So... The Dalai Lama names this kid, uh, Gadun, the the 11th Panchen Lama. He is then almost immediately kidnapped. He was named on the 14th of May in 95 as the Panchen Lama. On the 17th, three days later, he is arrested along with his entire family by the Chinese government. And he hasn't been seen since. What the fuck? Why? Jesus Christ. Like, that's insane. Not like, oh, we arrested you, but we're just going to do whatever for a, you know, a year or something. We'll let you go. Nope, he's just not been seen. There's a pretty decent chance that he's that he's either alive somewhere, still in prison, or he's dead. You know, th- no one knows. He's still missing to this very day. As of the recording of this podcast, as you're listening to it, nobody knows where this kid is. He's been missing for 22 years. And so what happened was the, the Chinese government said, okay, well, fuck you, Dalai Lama. We don't like your dumb fucking pick. We're going to make our own goddamn pick. So they institute their own search and use something called the Golden Urn, which was a, a an older way of choosing these spiritual leaders. And then they, in turn, go and choose their own 11th Panchen Lama, whose name is... Oh, fuck, I'm not even going to try. Norbu is his, is his surname. Um, and he was the one selected by the Chinese government. So sort of a fake 11th, kind of like a lot of Chinese products being knockoffs of, you know, brand names so that you can have a cheap version of it. He is um, he is the 11th Panchen Lama from the Chinese government's point of view. Now, this is, you know, they're thinking, okay, we're going to make our own Panchen Lama, he's going to grow up, it's going to be cool, when this douchebag 14th Dalai Lama eats shit and dies finally, then we're going to fucking use this guy in our own search committee, and we're going to find the 15th Dalai Lama, and surprise, surprise, and they won't say this, but it's going to be what they're thinking, he's going to be very pro-Chinese, of course, and then they're just going to go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth like this, as long as they retain power in the region, that's the way they want to do it because they, like I was saying, they want to implant these people of power in these positions. And this is a great way to do it, you know, to, to get to the heart of this Tibetan Buddhism, which means a whole lot to people in the area, you know, why not control their religious leaders? Well, of course the 14th Dalai Lama thinks this is total fucking bullshit. And most of the rest of the world thinks it's total bullshit too. You know, they go, okay, well this guy is the Dalai Lama and he did help pick this other kid. So, 
that must be the Panchalama. And in fact, if you read around on uh, uh, Wikipedia and other places that are talking about the 11th Panchalama, it actually re- redirects to the kid we talked about at first, the six-year-old who was imprisoned and never to be seen again, as still the current 11th Panchalama. And now this is where the, the wacky bullshit comes in because he is technically the 11th Panchen Lama, but this other kid, Norbu, he is the one who actually exists in the world that you can see. He's been seen since he was named as the the Chinese version of the 11th Panchen Lama, and what's going to happen when the Dalai Lama, the 14th, the one that we currently have, what's going to happen when he passes away? It, it's going to be complete complete nonsense and and craziness because obviously they're going to try to name this next Dalai Lama but nobody is going to recognize that person as the Dalai Lama and the other kid is never going to be seen ever I hold out very little hope that 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 poor little boy who was captured and arrested as a six-year-old is ever going to be seen you know in the light of day ever again and it's and this is where we sort of come to that that the head of our conversation Maybe the 14th Dalai Lama, a guy that we've kind of all seen in culture as this sort of wise man, the spiritual leader, the super smart, you know, charismatic guy, that might be it. You know, that might be it for the Dalai Lama's, you know, stream of of people. That might be, he might be the very last one, which is crazy to think because there have been Dalai Lamas for the last seven or eight hundred years, which is a, a really nice long chunk of time in human history for anything to be going on. And it's a really huge cultural piece of of Tibet and Tibetan Buddhism. And all of a sudden, you have another government just strolling in and saying, "Eh, fuck it, fuck your religion, fuck everything. This is what it's going to be now. We don't give a shit. And not only are we so much not going to give a shit about your religion, but we're actually going to take our own people and implant them into your thing. And now you're going to have to deal with it. I I mean, you can imagine how much that would piss people off for any religion, no matter who you are, where you are, whatever you you decide or don't decide to to worship or to think about or to prescribe to, you would hate it if some random belligerent government just busted your door down and said, fuck it, look at what we do. This is what you do now. You know, that's, that's a huge thing. And especially for something that isn't just, you know, some sort of backwards thing that like one or two, you know, people know about at some corner of the world. And the rest of us go, who? I don't know. A lot of people know who the Dalai Lama is. He's a very well-known entity in the world. And it could be, you know, according to this, he could be the last one. You know, when you're thinking about reincarnation and, okay, when the Dalai Lama dies, the Panchen Lama has to go out and help find the new one. Well, obviously, it's going to be it's going to be one of those things where it's illegitimate. And it just, it's just crazy to me to think that because of, of political machinations in the, the 50s and 60s and now into the, uh, the 90s and on, that this 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 huge institution of spiritualism in the world could just poof, just be gone immediately. It's it's one of those things that I don't think should be the way it goes. I think that that especially Tibetan Buddhists of all people aren't fucking out there hurting anybody. They should be allowed to continue on with with what they're doing with their spiritual leaders, with how they pick them, with how they go, you know, this and that and everything, and it shouldn't be interfered with by a modern government. But at the same time, that is kind of how things go in the world. You know, there over time, you know, people exist in certain places and then then stuff changes and then this happens and this happens. And it's not always fair. It's just really 
it's really shitty and really sucky, but it just it, it isn't always the way we want it to go. I just found that this was just a super interesting little tweak on the other side of the world. You know, the, the first few episodes of the podcast, we've been talking about American history and then some misconceptions and other stuff. But we've been very uh, North American and sort of a little bit of European centric. We've been very Western world. And I thought this is a really interesting uh, a peek into Eastern culture. And we're going to do some more Eastern culture stuff because I loved I loved when I was in college, you know, studying uh, especially Japanese culture. Uh, but Chinese history is super, super interesting as well. Um, this being a definitely huge part of the entire thing. Um, but yeah, it's it's just crazy to think that this Dalai Lama, this this guy who we love, who we who we know about, you know, guy who FDR gave a little watch to that he still has to this day. You know, that sort of guy, <laughs> the guy who who got a really shitty painting from George W. Bush because when Bush decided to, you know, have a hobby of, of painting people's portraits, and and I will say. 2W's credit, not a bad artist, not really bad at all, but his, his painting of the Dalai Lama is not great, it's, it's whatever, you know, it's better than I can fucking do, but, you know, a guy who is, who's had a lot of influence in the Western world as an Eastern religious figure, you know, and that whole, uh, a succession of people could just be, could just be over that quickly, so, I think with that, let's just pop right into that goddamn non-sequitur fact of the day and just forget about all this real quick. In 1920, Babe Ruth hit 54 home runs. This was completely and utterly unheard of in that era, typically known as the dead ball era. The next closest guy was George Sizzler, who hit 19 home runs. Fucking 54 homers. Babe Ruth hit more home runs that year than every other American League team had on their entire team. Babe Ruth is the greatest of all time, and that is is a true story. And that's the episode. Guys, thank you so much for listening. I can't believe we've made it five fucking episodes into this goddamn weird thing that I'm doing. But if you're still here, or if you're new to the podcast, or if you're anywhere in between, thank you so much for taking 20 to 30 minutes out of your day to listen to me ramble on uh into a microphone i bought off amazon it's it's super awesome i have so much fun doing it like i say literally every time it is it is a joy to do and i i love doing it um you can email the show uh knowledgecouch at gmail.com if you like i often say if you want to tell me i suck balls at this or if you would like to suggest something we would talk about on the show i'm always always looking for ideas always looking for ideas you can find the show on apple podcasts you can find it on stitcher you can find it on Google Play Music. I think that's where they do the podcast too, but they do those now as well. You can also find us on YouTube, uh, even though watching a still with my voice underneath it for 30 minutes is probably boring as fuck. You still got to do it. You got to do it for the people. For the people who aren't really into the whole, you know, subscribing to podcasts on an app sort of thing. If they just want to come in and come out of the whole damn thing, you got to do it too. So you can find us there as well. You can find me at Kyle Steinhauser on Twitter, at Kyle F. Steinhauser on Instagram, and you can search Kyle Steinhauser on Facebook if you want to be one of my nine friends. I should be the one with the beard. There's another dude with my name on there as well. He's from Texas. That's not me. I'm the Nebraska one. You can differentiate the two of us there. But you can come there, be my friend, hang out, 
uh, you know, tell me how much I suck there too, if you want to, whatever. Next episode, episode six, now that we're over the hump towards 10 whole episodes, episode six is going to be about our boy. We've talked about him already. I've mentioned him a couple times, Chris Columbus, good old CC, Christopher Columbus. We're going to talk about how much of an asshole that guy was, probably. He's got some redeeming qualities, uh, a, a couple, but uh, by far more negative things. So we're going to talk about Christopher Columbus, and it's going to be probably a boatload of fun. Mostly for me, probably not for anybody else, but it's going to be fun for me. So if you want to come listen to me have fun for 30 minutes, I invite you to do so. I would love to have you. Until then, guys, thank you so much for listening. Back, 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 back.